Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. So, Michelle, today you're going to respond or you're just going to stand around like a piece of meat with mittens? I don't know. I guess... I guess I won't respond. <laughs> that was a quote from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, so I'm not just being mean to you for no reason. Oh, okay. Um, no, uh, I had quite, for pandemic-wise, I had a very busy day. Yeah. Because I had to get up at 7.30. Uh, I had a plumber come over, and uh, I had a leaky valve which has now been replaced with a much nicer valve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, that was something. Um, <laughs> and then um, I, overall, the plumber did a good job. I think he was just a little grouchy when he first came over. Um, Cause he was like, where's your, where's your shutoff valve? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I rent and this is, I've been renting here for over nine years and this is the first time I've ever needed a plumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, call me lucky. Um, but like, so then, uh, but then after that, he seemed pretty, all right. He was being pretty cool. So I think he was just, you know, probably a little annoyed or whatever, mm-hmm. um, in general. So, um, but then he, uh, he did a good job. He replaced the valve. Um, of course, because, you know, this is the way it works, uh, <laughs> the leak stopped, like, yeah. right before he got here. Yeah. Um, but it was like, well, you know, you have the appointment, you may as well do it. And it wasn't that expensive. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and that thing is never going to leak again, because instead of one of the stupid circular spouts now, it's got one of those things that, you know, just really, you know, uh, uh, uh. so, um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm just laughing because there was the people who were just like listening, they're just not seeing the movement and just really awkward. <laughs> That's the best part. That's the best part, Michelle. Yeah. So uh, I was making a pulling motion like I was playing a lottery, you know, like a slot machine, mm-hmm. not the lottery. But uh, so. That's taken care of. That's all good. And then the second half of the day, or in what I call Henrik's uh, deal with people and spend money extravaganza, was I had to take Chicano to to the vet. Now, everything's fine with him. It was just his six-month senior exam. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm very cautious with my dogs. They are, you know, they're older. I got them when they were older. So I get them examined every six months, if not more often if something is wrong. And, uh, I get them, I get a blood panel done generally every six months, which makes their, their exam like almost three times as expensive because I get a full blood panel done. But it's like, if I, if something's wrong with them, I want to catch it now. Yeah. You know, um, I haven't gotten Chicano's blood panel yet, but I took him to the vet at two 30 and, uh, the vet was very impressed. He's not only healthy, um, but she said that his weight has not gone up or down at all in six months, wow. which is just means that I've got his food perfect, mm-hmm. which is great to know because I, it's, you know, I, uh, Henwolf had major weight problems. So 
I'm learning how to do it. And I figured out that with Chicano, he gets, I know this is so boring, but like he, he gets salmon oil and his food, which by the way, she mentioned his skin and his coat are like beautiful, Yay. Uh, you know, which is nice. Cause I think they're beautiful, but like, that's an expert's opinion. She's mm-hmm. like, no, his skin looks great, not dry at all. So I was like, well, that's good. Cause I give him salmon oil, which is a double edged thing. It stops his dandruff and it helps his joints a little bit. And it makes him eat his food because he doesn't really like the dry food very much. Yeah. Um, there, if I had a dollar for every time I had to starve him out into taking medicine or eating food. So that's good. Um, you know, that I've got it kind of right. Cause right now it's pretty simple. It's like a scoop of food, three squirts of salmon oil and a couple treats here and there. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much keeps him right where he needs to be. Cause when oh. I first got him, they told me to give him two scoops of food a day and he started getting fat like immediately. Mm-hmm. I remember he rolled over on his tummy once and I went, what's going on right there, bud? <laughs> so, so I've been trying to keep him slim and trim, but he came to me already in pretty darn good health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. His teeth look great. She said that he just looks great. So, um, and then I got to come home to very, a very angry hen wolf who wanted to know where the hell we were and why she didn't come along. Um, it's so sad when, cause she doesn't even look mad when I took him out of his crate to the door. She just looks confused. Like you're, you're forgetting. You don't understand. Oh, no. I don't understand what's happening. I always joke that whenever I leave the house without her, that her reaction is like, but we've never been apart. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but no, so, um, but so she did her thing, which is she came out of the cage and immediately sniffed every inch of him. That's what they, she does every time they're apart. She Mm -hmm. sniffs every inch of his body and, uh, and then licks him a little and then goes back to kind of being normal. So, uh, and Chicano's a bit afraid of the vet. So he's, uh, he's, he's napping right now on his favorite spot on the couch. Um, he did well. Um, it's hard. I feel, I feel for my vet. She's really good, but like, I totally get that she has trouble remembering which dog is which on her, in her own mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like she has the, the, the sheet, but you know, it's easy to forget. Cause she would like bring up, she brought up his weight and was very excited. And I was like, okay, he never had a weight problem. I'm just trying to keep his weight. Right. Yeah. But, but it's like, I have two dogs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, she's got to keep up with that. So she did ask, she was like, is he normally this skittish? Cause he seems a little extra skittish. And I was like, no, 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 that's, that's, in fact, he's probably less skittish now than mm-hmm. he was the last time you saw him. <laughs> so, um, he's just such a sweet dude, such a sweet dog. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm, but that like made my day incredibly more involved than most of my days, to be frank. Um, I mean, I work a lot from home and I work really long hours, but like, because of the creative nature of my job in particular, um, I think that, that the average person would probably think I barely work at all, honestly, which is a little frustrating. Cause I also see myself that way. Aww. It's like, I'll be like, I barely did any work today. And it's like, how do you keep paying your bills? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't work, no, but, uh, but I, I do work. And, uh, but, uh, it can be, you know, very malleable, especially right now, you know, it can be very malleable. I can, I can be like, I'll take three hours off in the middle of the day and watch a movie and then just make it up later. It doesn't matter. Cause nobody's, yeah. you know, waiting on me anywhere really. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's been, this has been like a very busy day with, scheduled things you know mm-hmm. like the plumbers coming at eight and you got to be at the vet at 2 30 and i'm like oh my god i haven't had this much structure and what feels like forever uh so um but you know what's really helped me through this trying day oh and i forgot to mention, and in the middle of it all i took a nap and plugged up my ear 
because I don't think I can handle this hot, cold, hot, cold weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really wreaking havoc on my my throat and my sinuses. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, it's I, I feel like it's normal, uh, but like. Boy, I feel like it's a little worse this year because we've had days where like the high was 25 and then the next day the high is almost 50. It's yeah. like, well, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> How are my sinuses supposed to keep up with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what got me through it, Michelle? No. A certain friend of mine illegally letting me use one of their streaming services. Uh, that's interesting. Good for you. <laughs> that friend might be you. It might not be illegal. We don't know. <laughs> I, I actually really, really doubt it's illegal. But yeah, I don't think it um, is. But I have taped, taped, DVR'd, whatever. So many episodes of Home Improvement. Um, that is the best show ever on television. I think I, I haven't it's seen so it in the longest time, so I, I don't necessarily like want to see it. But <laughs> but it's been a very long time. Um, the jokes for me, they held up even better because they make a lot of adult jokes Hmm. and I don't mean like dirty jokes. I mean like jokes about like, you know, mortgage payments and jokes about like, you know, uh, how expensive it is to own a home or, or how expensive it is to own a car and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. One of my favorite, so I watched a bunch today because I was waiting for the guy to finish doing his thing and then I was trying to take a nap, but I wasn't, I, of course the moment I'm like, okay, you have time to take a quick nap. I'm like, I'm not tired. So I just started watching uh, some episodes of Home Improvement. They they did a clip show episode, um, which is not uncommon, but they did a clip show episode. And the framing story is like my favorite framing story for a clip show I've ever seen in my life. Really? The Taylor family is, it's Friday night. The Taylor family's hanging out. And, uh, and what happens? They send dad out to get pizza on his way home, uh, or on his way home from work. They ask him to get pizza, but he doesn't get pizza. He gets Polish food because he and one of his sons just love Polish food. So he gets like this giant spread of Polish food. And Jill is just like, last time we got Polish food, you were up half the night. You know, and then the other son is just uh, the, one of the sons is like, yeah, and you were on the toilet the other half of the night and like the whole audience laughs. But so he ends up eating too much and mm-hmm. ends up sitting on the couch drinking Maalox, basically watching old tapes of his own TV show. And I was like, that's a great framing device. The whole show is is based around the fact that he gave himself horrible indigestion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I mean, yeah, as a person who writes a lot, that's a solid and it's like it's on uh, brand. You know, because because uh, Tim is kind of a Neanderthal at times, so it's like, don't eat too much, you'll get sick. And he's like, oh, why did I eat so much? I'm sick. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just worked for me. Yeah. Plus, I mean, one of the most memorable things about that show is all the Tool Time episodes, all the the, the show inside the show. Yeah. And that's what it pretty much was was like the best of the Tool Time segments, which are where all the like slapstick stuff is and stuff, which you know really worked for Tim Allen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Now. People may be thinking like, oh my God, Henrik, we knew you were lame, but you're so lame. You want to talk about home improvement. Listen, motherfucker, home improvement is not on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. It's not on any of the pay services that you have. You can buy the episodes for $1.99 an episode. And there are a hundred and some episodes. Mm -hmm. Or... You can be lucky enough to have a friend who shares an app that lets you record them. 
So <laughs> I'm excited because I've gotten a chance to catch up on some old home improvements. And I wanted to say, um, home improvement did something. I think I've told you this story before, but home improvement did something for me that no one's going to expect. And I almost feel like this is too personal of a story to share, but I'm going to share it. Okay. Um, so there's an episode of home improvement because they had, you know, like a lot There was, don't get me wrong. I'm like, I love home improvement. It's so great. It had a lot of standard stuff, mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. lot of very standard yeah. stuff. But, um, but one, there was an episode where Jill gets very sick and, uh, uh, well, no, she starts getting sick. Sorry. She starts getting sick and she figures out that she's going through menopause very early mm -hmm. and, uh, or, or something like, and something's wrong. Basically something's wrong with your uterus and it needs to be removed. Okay. While she's in the surgery, though, they find out that there's something wrong with her ovaries as well. So they have to give her a full hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a scary, you know, very serious episode. They talk about like hysterectomies and, and, you know, how, you know, women of a certain age have to get one and, uh, and, and, you know, and stuff like that. And Jill's okay, but she's dealing with like being depressed because, you know, even though she didn't want to have any more kids, it just made her feel weird mm -hmm. to, to lose her, her, you know, whatever. And Tim does his great thing where he says something really ignorant, but then he thinks about it and then he comes back and is very thoughtful. Which is the, 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 you know, that's, you know, paint by numbers, but a bit more intense than some of the other episodes. Sure. Fast forward to me being 13 or 14 years old. My mother suddenly gets very sick and has to have an emergency hysterectomy. And she's like way young to need a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. And I was way young for my mother to need to suddenly go to the hospital and get surgery. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And when she was in the hospital and they'd examined her and they're like, okay, we're going to give you, we're going to, she's going to have a hysterectomy like right now. Instead of just like crying and crying, I stopped and I was like, like Jill Taylor, she had a hysterectomy and it was totally okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, wow. it was hard on her, but she didn't, she didn't, you know, she didn't have to be in the hospital very long and she felt a lot better after it. And so home improvement has a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was such a nice thing to have for me being so scared. Yeah. You know? Um, and you know, my mom was, is my whole world. She was everybody, you know, especially as a kid, you know, she was everybody to me. So, um, so I just want to say, you know, to the writing staff of home improvement, and I know you listen, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. But no, it was a really great episode, you know, um, there are little, there are little, when you're a kid, there are little things in media that can really help you feel like you're not alone, which is one of the great elements of art. You know, um, at the end of the day, all we want to do is connect, mm -hmm. you know, like even if you have a show that doesn't really connect with you in a literal way, like it's a show about like, I'm just throwing out like, like death note, death note's a good example. Cause you and I watched that together. Uh, and it's the anime Death Note. I love Death Note. Mm -hmm. The The main concept of the show is not something you can identify with. I mean, he's got this notebook and he writes people's names and a cause of death and they die, you know, and then people are investigating him and, and all this. But what makes the characters memorable are the things that you can identify with them about. Sure. And that's the way it is with any good 
art. You know, mm-hmm. once you identify with what someone's saying, whether it's a podcast or a TV show or a song, once you identify, you suddenly feel a little less alone. You know, everybody wants to connect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another example I would be mad at myself if I didn't give is um, Mrs. Doubtfire. You remember Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm sure. Me or the audience? You, Michelle. Yeah. They're, they're not a part of this conversation. They're voyeurs. Okay. Filthy voyeurs. <laughs> no, uh, but you remember Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great movie. I love Robin Williams. I love all that stuff. But as a kid from a broken home, I mean, that's what they called them back then. They called them broken homes when your parents weren't together. As a kid from a broken home, the fact that the movie ends not with the parents getting back together, but with the parents becoming good friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, and working together to raise the kids well, instead of working against each other. Yeah. That was a very big deal for a kid like me. Yeah. You know, to see, to see a life in this movie that was like my life, Mm -hmm. you know, cause I remember, I remember, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was so young that I, I mean, once I had any understanding of human interaction at all, I had no belief that my parents were going to get back together. <laughs> like the moment yeah. I had awareness, I was like, they don't, they don't even want to look at each other mm-hmm. that much. I mean, yeah. they were never yeah. nasty to each other in front of me or anything like that. And I, I mean, I, to the point where I can't even say if they were ever nasty to each other at all, because they never, ever were that way with around me. Mm-hmm. They were both very mm-hmm. good about that. But, um, you know, by the time I was five, I would never even think like, maybe they'll get back together. No, no. In fact, my mom loves to tell this story about how, when I was a little boy, I came home from school one day, all excited. And I told my mom that I'd made a friend and that his mom and dad live in the same house. Wow. And I was like mind blown. And my mom was just like, Oh God, I'm ruining him. And I was like, mom, <laughs> that's not what you should have gleaned from that. You should have just gleaned the innocence of children. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> so, you know, that's, um, and I don't want to like, you know, uh, like I, I, I know some people it might make uncomfortable to talk about like their childhood and divorces and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it just was a part of my life, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me to talk about it. Sure. Um, but like, but so Mrs. Doubtfire's ending was a really big deal because when you watch that movie, if you try to watch it with fresh eyes, if you try to watch it and try to, you know, force yourself to forget, you know, it, it does seem like maybe they'd get back together because of the, the, that's yeah. just the way they do yeah. they, you know, things are done. Uh-huh. And the fact that they don't is huge. And not only is the fact that they don't huge, but Christopher Columbus, the director almost got fired. For that ending, because the wow. studio wanted to change it to the parents get back together because they thought that was the feel good ending. That blah, 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 blah. And Robin Williams said, well, I will quit if you if you fire Chris Columbus. And that's why that movie has that ending. And that's why that movie is not just, you know, that that's why I, I remember and rewatch that movie and not Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Jumanji was super fun. And if it's on cable, especially when I was a kid, I'd watch it. But I owned Mrs. Doubtfire on VHS and didn't even know. Until, you know, a decade later that it was a comforting movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I do remember being very heartwarmed by that ending, even as a kid, you know, being like, oh my gosh, you know, they're, you know, (laughs) they're, you know, uh, they love each other, you know, but, but, but mom and dad just don't work, Mm -hmm. you know, which is important. It matters, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's all I, I mean, it just made me think of it because, and especially being a kid like I was, and I, if my mother's listening to this, which I don't think she does listen to this often, but mom, if you're listening, you did a really good job. You did a really good job. So, but I, but I, my mother and I are very similar. She'll take anything I say personally. (laughs) So, uh, but no, but you know, but I had to spend because of the way things were, uh, I had to spend a lot of time by myself. I had to spend a lot of time alone. So having the television set help me was like the, was like, you know, it really was there for me. I, I, and I don't know how else to describe it. I don't see that as sad. I see that as a wonderful thing. I really do. So, you say something. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Has there ever been a Uh-oh, piece of Oh, did I freeze that- or did you freeze? Oh. What? Did you freeze or did I freeze? No, I'm- we're work. Okay. Oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm not seeing any problems. Okay. Well, uh- what do you want me to say? Uh, well, is there any any media that ever like really moved you or changed your perspective or made you feel better about bad things or anything like that? No, actually, I, I, no. I mean, it took me. Well, that's not not no forever, but no in my childhood. I just I never I've never had characters that I could connect to or stories that made me feel better. Not really? even the Rugrats when they were Jewish occasionally? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's me. No. Um, <laughs> the Macca Babies? I loved that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's it's just like everything, as far as I can remember, like nothing that would have impacted me enough to for me to remember. Mm-hmm. At least there's just nothing. Like I just, you know, I just watched everything as an outsider who was like, oh, this is fun. Or like, oh, mm-hmm. I like these characters. But like I never, it's not it was never any real connection, um, especially in childhood. So, well, do you think then, that, that? Oh, sorry, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. Tell, what were you oh, going to say? I was just saying, do you think that maybe that might have had more to do with the fact that I needed those connections a lot more than you did? Because no, because I because I I needed heroes and I needed uh, people to look up to because I didn't have my dad, you know, around. And my mom worked a lot, and and I was relentlessly tormented and bullied in school. So, so friends were scarce. So I may have looked harder as well. I'm not saying that you know that you're not a space alien, which is what you're getting at. Is you're a space alien. <laughs> no, I mean I I don't I don't I was going to say I don't disagree with you, but I don't agree either. Um, mm-hmm. it you know it's it, it it's um not fun not to be able to connect to things and i think the reason that i am so you know artistic in she did air quotes for those listening yeah um it's true um um the reason like i'm so into like you know the any any sort of um uh story driven like narrative driven art um, is mm-hmm. because I felt the need to create my own characters because I wasn't getting that from anywhere mm. else. Um, I can tell you that's exactly uh, the reason. Um, so, so what you're saying, what Michelle is saying, for those who need a translation, is, oh well, <laughs> see, as a child, I was too busy creating to <laughs> be bothered to uh, to identify with Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life or Hey Arnold. Uh, no, no, no. I was too busy 
making universes in my <laughs> mind. That's what Michelle's saying. Uh, sure. Actually, I did identify with Filbert from Mother Rocco's <laughs> I can see that, and that makes me so happy sad, which is like, yeah, that's like a definite happy sad. Yeah. Uh, right there. I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous. I'm nauseous. I'm better. I'm nauseous. Um, you turn the page and then you wash your hands. <laughs> but uh, but it's not that I never I got because it's not like I like um, uh, it it's nice. It's really nice and comforting to be able to identify with characters and situations. So I'm glad that I eventually was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was not for a very long time. So. Well, and it also, I mean, I think that that's a lot of things, but I do, I mean, I'm sure part of it is just, you're such a weirdo, which I think is your belief. Uh, (laughs) But, but, um, but it's also, I mean, it takes time to develop, um, to develop like really advanced uh, uh, empathy to like get to, to like, cause like the, the examples I'm giving as a kid were not, you know, cerebral. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was like, Mm -hmm. My mom had a hysterectomy. Jill Taylor had a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't like, uh, you know, uh, cause like, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire was about like a rich family splitting up. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I had growing up. The only thing I had in common was their parents were divorced and mm-hmm. they had siblings. I didn't have siblings, you know, like, so, uh, I mean, I can't pretend that I identified strictly, um, and deeply the way I do now with characters is very different. You know, mm-hmm. now I identify with characters. I'm like, wow, he beats himself up the way I beat myself up. <laughs> <laughs> I still almost never identify with characters. So it, it takes a lot. Do you identify? So you've watched uh, like four seasons of Oz. Do you identify with any of the characters in Oz? No. Not at all? I don't think wow. so. Must be uh, nice. <laughs> honestly, like, no, no. You don't identify with Beecher? Uh, no. I mean, well, I mean, in the beginning, not like, as his character changes, that's a whole other thing. But Beecher is kind of the character we're supposed to identify with because he's a fish out of water, like we would be in the prison. Oh, I I identify with with Beecher in the sense that he is the most kind of normal of the characters, but, but he's a, um, what am I trying to say? When, when you just have a character, what? Oh, I said lawyer. (laughs) He's a lawyer, lawyer, so he's like me. Don't identify with him. Yeah, no, 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 um, no. Uh, when you have a character that like, I'm like, for some reason, I can't find the word, but like, when you have like Mm -hmm. a character that's like blank and is supposed to be audience representation, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't identify with those either. Um, but I understand that they're more identifiable, and a lot of times I will like them. Um, but like, no, not really. Well, and he ended up having, I mean, I don't want to talk about Oz this whole show. We're going to talk about like, you know, only, only media over 20 years old, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, he had a great arc where he stopped being just the audience's understanding of things Mm -hmm. pretty quickly and became his own thing. Uh, Um, I think, um, I think the difference is that it's not that I identify with him. It's that I have, I feel sympathy or empathy for him, but I don't. I feel sympathy for him. There you go. Fine. Fine. See, to me, sympathy is identifying with somebody to an extent. I mean, but there, but the, my, but it's a spectrum. It's not, I mean, I identify with lots of characters that have very little in common with necessarily, but they, but I have like an element that I see myself in them. 
Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm saying, no, <laughs> I'm just saying like, <laughs> like I can, I can empathize or sympathize with characters and not feel anything in common with them. You know, I can just be like, I understand why that person would be hurt if, because of this situation and still not feel. But you never connected to like how you felt when you were hurt or something like that. <sighs> yeah, no, like, no. I'm just trying to understand. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm part of me thinks we're just using different words. We could be just using different words. Um, <laughs> I, I just, okay. So in, in the simplest terms, okay. like when I see the characters on TV, um, like I, I like, I like am invested in them and I feel things for them and about their situation. But I don't usually think, wow, those are things I've felt or those are that's that I feel like that is how I would handle the situation. Usually ever. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think that I don't think that that's how I identify with people. Okay. Uh, I mean, like when I say I identify with a character, I think I mean exactly what you're saying. I think I mean, I feel sympathy and empathy for the way they're reacting sometimes. I mean, but they're, but not all characters are the same. There's some characters I'm like, wow, I think that they're like exactly how I would be or how I hope I would be or yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in general, it's just a, it's just a, a sweeping empathy. Well, that, then I just, that, then I just feel that for all the characters, all of them. All time. I don't feel after all characters. Some characters are not good. I literally like, almost feel done. like that for all characters. <laughs> yeah, but you I only don't get even know what we're talking media. about. You only get what? some good media like anime oh. and Hallmark. Oh, movies. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, because I mean, like, I don't. It takes a lot for me to, like, really identify with somebody to say, like, oh, wow, they're like me. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot. <laughs> Well, plus your experience affects that too. Like, um, you know, like, um, as I've gotten older, uh, it's not enough that you like be a product of divorce. You have to like, (laughs) you have to have like, you have to like have grown up in a place like where I grew up, you know, you have to like, like, it takes like things that are much less common to encounter for me to, Mm -hmm. to have that like deep appreciation where I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but that's why, but, but there are some characters that just blow you away. Like, um, uh, Patriot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I have so much in common with that main character mm-hmm. because him being, and man, nobody who's listening to this is going to be like, what are they talking about? You should watch Patriot on Amazon prime. It's one of the best television shows I've ever seen in my life. It's only two seasons. It's worth your time. You'll love it. But he's a secret agent basically. But that's not what I identify with. The secret agent stuff is really, in my opinion, just a simile or a metaphor for depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. And that's when I like, when it cl- that clicked with me, I was like, holy crap, I love this show. I love his reactions. I love, because it's like, yes, he's a spy and he has to keep it a secret and he has to do all these dangerous things. But the results are the same as just having severe depression and anxiety. He sits mm-hmm. around, struggles to find, struggles to find, uh, uh, motivation. Uh, people think he's lazy. People don't understand why he's the way he is. Yeah. It's completely that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but that's an extreme, you know, notice the extremity of my, of my identifying with that character where I'm mm-hmm. like, so here's a character I really identify with, by the way, this is the greatest television show of all time. <laughs> so, you know, well, um, and, um, you know, Roger Ebert, the, the film critic, 
Um, mm-hmm. He said, I don't remember his exact quotes, I'm paraphrasing, but he said that movies in particular are just an empathy machine. Like that's what they are. Movies exist solely to create empathy in the viewers. And that's why it's a beautiful thing to enjoy movies because they really exist to make you feel empathy. Okay. Uh, and I always like that quote. I think that he's right. I think that a great film, you go through an incredibly empathetic journey. That's like mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Is, you know, when you're done, you're like, whoa, I felt for that person. And that's why I love one of the reasons I love movies and television shows and why, oh my God, I can't believe we're going to come back to this. I'm so sorry. It's why Quantum Leap is so good, Michelle. <laughs> is because they, literally that show is just about creating empathy and and not to get all political, but they ta- it's a straight white man and they make him famous examples of people who have been downtrodden and abused mm-hmm. to make the, at that time, majority straight white audience be able to empathize properly with those struggles, which is a beautiful way to share struggles. Yeah. It's a beautiful, non-judgmental, non-confrontational way. To, to make people understand where other people are coming from, mm-hmm. which is why that show's brilliant. And I love that show. And thank you, Craig Cohen, by the way, he sent me the Blu-ray set for my birthday after he heard that episode. Aww. Thank you so much, Craig. That was a very, very great gift and, and, and shocked the hell out of me. Um, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's why I love movies and that's why I love storytelling so much because empathy is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's, that's why I like, I like your comics because they make me feel empathetic to the characters. Um, it's, that's an important thing, you know? Um, and, and that's why I think that like, um, I mean, like if I had to think about like the empathy stuff I had as a kid, it's a lot less because empathy is something you grow that grows with you through shared experience and, and loss and pain and, and stuff like that. You know, um, there's a reason like really little kids tend to be selfish. They don't under, they have to lose something to get what it feels like to lose something. Mm-hmm. And if they're six, maybe they haven't lost anything yet. You know, yeah. maybe they haven't, but you know, when you're 12 and your PlayStation, uh, you know, PlayStation four, you know, breaks. And then a year later, your buddy's like, you know, comes over and he's all pissed and he's like, my PlayStation four broke. You can go, oh man. Yeah, that made me so mad yeah. when that happened to me. And you don't even yeah. think like that. Your your mm-hmm. your emotions just fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. They just take you to that moment when your PS4 broke, and then it comes back, and you're like, "I see why you're mad," you know. Um, so, but so empathy is you know is a hard thing for kids, which is why some kids' movies are. It, it's so fascinating. It's like there's almost no middle ground. Some kids' movies and TV shows are so incredibly shallow, and then others are so devastatingly deep when you watch them again as an adult mm-hmm. oh my god and that's why they i think that's why they lay it on so thick the ones that ha- that aren't shallow because the initial audience is is dense to some extent you know they're kids yeah. so now you know as me as an adult i can't watch the christmas episode of hey arnold without sobbing like a little baby because it's so beautiful and sad it's really sad my win my win. So, <laughs> so I guess we're just talking about empathy today. I guess um, so. But um, do you remember the first thing that like knocked you, like knocked the air out of your lungs with with uh, empathy? I know I don't. Like, 
like, well, do you remember the first thing that you, cause you, the way you described it, like the first thing you truly felt you identified with. But now I'm all confused because we were talking about things two different ways. So I don't know what you mean now. I'm talking about your definition of identify. Cause I think our definitions are just a bit different. Yeah, so I'm talking absolutely. about from your definition. I want to understand because from my perspective, I think your definition is just like a way amped up version of, of my definition. Like yours mm-hmm. is just more intense. So I want to know though, when was that moment for you? Like, do you remember what that was that, that, that kind of took you to that place? Um, I don't know. You have to know. It's, it was such a big build. You have to know what that moment was for you. It never happened. I was lying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, you've upset Henwolf. She just came into the room. Oh, now she's sniffing the floor for no reason. Oh, well, the reason is she's a dog. Yeah. Well, and probably there's a smell on the floor. That smells interesting. <laughs> Go on. Um, Share with the class. The, the thing is, like, they're, they're so... Since we are talking about slightly different things, sort of, maybe, um, there are so few uh, of them. In fact, I, like, I'm like, where's the other one? And I don't remember. Um... Man, I don't want to do this. Embarrassing. <laughs> good, good, good. That's the meat. Oh, um, I mean, well, well, I'll tell you, like, I remember when you showed me the anime erased, mm-hmm, I identified mm-hmm. with that character so deeply. It was a very, uh, difficult show for me to watch some of it Yeah, it very difficult in a good way. I mean, it was great. It, it just yeah. was like, it was a little hard on me because uh-huh. of the identifying with it so much. I did, um, I did. <laughs> but you liked that show too. I did. did. I liked you, it a lot. Did you see? Did you identify with that character much? No. But you still no. really liked it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because because we're we're because ta- we're still talking about identifying differently. I had I had yeah, great your, the definition you understand of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Then I didn't actually a little bit. That's not true. A little bit because <laughs> I like him. His like his life previous to all of the stuff with him, like just being like this struggling kind of like manga artist, sort of, but like not getting, but like not really getting anything accomplished like ever. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. I totally understand all of that. Um, but, but you know, they did that thing where it was like, it's because of childhood trauma and not just because I'm just a sad person who doesn't get anything accomplished. So, <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, any anybody out there making a TV show, movie, book, anything, just have a scene where a child comes home to just a mom like cutting carrots in the kitchen and I'll be crying in no time. Like yeah. you you that is all it takes. Oh, oh ah. I know what I can do to you that would that would really hurt you. Um <laughs> You, why are you so excited? Your face, your smile is so big. Yeah. Go on. No, oh, are you I'm hiding gonna, it from me? Oh, is it the plan? One, one day we're gonna watch Jujutsu Kaisen. Just, just because. Okay, those aren't even words. Like, was that was that yeah. <laughs> was that the recording skipping? Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen. Yeah. Juju, no, Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu. Like, yeah. Kaisen. Like Jujutsu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so not jujitsu, jujitsu. No, jujitsu kaisen. Okay. What does that mean? I don't know. 
Um, you know what it means. No, actually, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, a, it's a, it's a newer, um, it's, sorry, it's a newer adaptation of just a, a typical battle shonen. So it's just, you know, like, you know, the same genre as, um, all the other battle shonen, like the same genre as like, I guess one piece or like Naruto or like, um, uh, Dragon Ball, that kind of thing. That it's that genre, the one where they like fight and stuff with each other stuff, but it's really good. And there was, there was a couple of episodes that reminded me of, um, a race. I mean, not the same at all, but like it had something in there that would probably make you really upset. So, <laughs> Good to know. Watch it. Um, but no, yeah, yes. No, did you want to say something? Please, no, no. You say something, please. Um, <laughs> For the love of God, say something. <laughs> um. Okay, so pretty much the only character that I can think of that I've identified with, like on a base level like the way i'm talking about it not just a sense of empathy um was uh was like mob from mob psycho 100 oh, like, i totally that's it. see that i yeah. mean i saw that from the time i started watching it with you yeah. i could totally see you identifying heavily with that character yeah um, yeah um there is a point- your psychic powers yeah i know i know no one else understood and everyone was always like ah michelle like they're not even that cool so so i was like oh my god another person where it's not that cool um <laughs> but but yeah that's that's all i got i don't really know how much i appreciate the level of excitement you got about how much you could hurt me from <laughs> showing me an anime you were so you your face lit up with so much joy I'm sorry. Why? Why do you want me to suffer? I, I I don't understand. I just, I guess I, I guess I, I don't really understand people, and I just think that I like when, when, um, when shows make me sad. So I think I could give that to other people. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I mean, I like a show that, like, you know, that affects me, you know, mm-hmm. deeply. Yeah. It's just the joy and the the use of negative terms. You're just like your face. This is you. Your face is all lit up. You're like, oh, I know how I can hurt you so bad. That's that's the, that's the part that's weird. Is that sales point? Not uh, not the fact that you want to give me something that'll really affect me. Yeah, well, that's that's the way my 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 brain does that. It just goes like, "Wow, I can devastate a person if I finally." <laughs> uh, we should just both see a therapist together at this point. Well, I think it didn't work. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.